0: what's going on what's going on everybody it is the only sports podcast i'm will casino would normally be over there but for the second show in a row no casino uh so it is another solo show today uh instead of talking about or i believe last episode i talked about the teams that i the only teams i think had a shot at the super bowl uh that might have changed this weekend. I don't know. I think uh, we'll touch on that a little. Uh, we'll go through the the big marquee games. Uh, and then kind of looking at week 17 has the two big, big games, right? Which is the Lions at the Cowboys on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, which is a game I can't believe it was not flexed to I mean, minimum Sunday afternoon, you know, America's game of the week, or uh, it should have been the Sunday night game. But besides those two marquee games this weekend, uh, I think week 16, which we just got out of, might have been the last good week of regular season football. Obviously, we're going into the playoffs where it should be good. But next two weeks, besides that, those two games this coming weekend, all the games are kind of... Trash and then the weekend after that. That one will at least be interesting because again, it's all the playoff scenarios. So let's uh uh also hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Uh that is why Casito cannot record today. He's him and his family are coming back from California, so that's why I'm solo today. But Let's jump all the way back to Thursday, December thirty or 21st, and we had the Rams beating the Saints, and I wanted to. So my list, I believe, last week had, if I still have it up right now, uh, my NFL teams were, I believe I had the, oh, I should have had this pulled up. Please forgive me. So I had the Dolphins. Chiefs Ravens Niners and Lions as the team as the only teams that could win the Super Bowl coming in the last couple of weeks I still think uh even with an Eagles win even with a Cowboys narrow loss and even with a uh well especially with that Raiders loss I think Chiefs are on the verge of not being included on that list. And I think the three teams I would put on that list as to at least have a shot, right? A shot would be the Rams, would be the Bills, and would be the Browns, right? I still think uh, that Eagles game, I think the, the final score is 33-25. 30, 30, if you watch that game, I don't think there was ever – a chance they were going to lose to that Giants team. Uh, especially there's the the thing at the end where it was like, oh my God, that was totally defensive pass interference in the end zone. That guy, he got pushed down uh, as if it was just a one-on-one situation and Tyrod Taylor was not trying to throw through five Eagles players to get his guy in the back of the end zone. So, I mean... Pass interference is supposed to be an uncatchable ball. I think there was, you know, how they always do, like, the probability of this crazy catch. There was zero chance probability that guy caught that ball. There was literally four Eagles players in front of him, another one next to him. So we can just uh, take that out of the equation i think that's again where it's like eagles help the refs it's like i'll give you that in the dolphins game there was some questionable calls in the first half of that bills game so as a eagles fan i'll give you those and just be like yeah those were weird but then you see this play and people are like refs help the eagles and you're like all right not not in that situation like let's calm down but eagles uh would also be on this list. I think they went out and get the number two seed unless, you know, this uh, 49ers loss that we'll obviously talk about, unless that does something to, I don't know, the mentality of this team. Maybe Darnold uh, steps in for Purdy. And I'm not even saying that because Purdy played bad. I'm saying that because it seems like Purdy's still injured. So I don't know why you would try to risk uh, Purdy in, you know, risk him to a further extent of just continually being concussed or injured. I mean, we saw what that did to Tua last year. So with the 49ers this weekend playing the commanders, I don't know why they wouldn't just sit Purdy just to be safe, to get him back for that week 18 game against a surging Rams team that actually looks pretty damn good. But if we're going to cement the teams that have a chance to win the Super Bowl, I think This past week with just the Chiefs, they just don't look right. The Eagles just don't look right. Uh, Cowboys, Jaguars, I don't think are in contention and really haven't been because, again, they can't win. The Jaguars just have some of the worst losses of the season. They're also really bad at home. So even if they win that division, which now may be in question, but even if they win that division, a home game for them isn't – A benefit. It's actually kind of a detriment with how bad they've been this season. But I do think a solid four right now. I think it's Dolphins, Ravens, Niners, Lions are locked in. Okay, and again, this could change next week where what if the Lions get blown out by the Cowboys? Because again, the Cowboys are really good at home and the Lions are going into Dallas. I don't think Dallas is a threat because they're not going to have a home playoff game, right? So I don't see a team that has struggled all season on the road to win, all of a sudden putting together three road playoff wins and then going to the Super Bowl and winning it. So that's why I don't think they're a threat. I think the Chiefs and Eagles... Both of them, obviously the Chiefs' loss of the really looks like it's affecting them this season a lot more than people thought they would uh, or they thought would they would be affected by that. I think the Eagles, just something is off. I think it starts with the coaching. It just looks like, and again, you win games by the bigger little things, right? The first game the Eagles played the Cowboys, the Cowboys lost because of the little things, right? a fourth down here, a step out of bounds there, and those end up being the points of the ball game where you lose it. With the Eagles, they almost lost that Giants game, not because of anything the Giants did, but it was just because the Eagles kept shooting themselves in the foot, right? They were up 20-3 to going into halftime, and then all of a sudden, kickoff return in the second half, two Eagles players run into each other, fumble it, Hurts throws a pick six when his receiver just like trips over air. I don't know what that was, but it's just like, and then the pass deep, why Blankenship is a great safety. He's not a coverage safety. So why are, again, same thing with the Darius Slay, or not Darius Slay, I'm sorry, uh, with the James Bradbury thing last week, where it becomes defensive, Like, not thinking with your head, why are you doing Blankenship, who's not a good coverage safety, as the cover one on the right-hand side of the field with no help? Like, he should not have to be in coverage as a single defender against anybody, because he's not a good coverage uh, safety. So if he wants to be help over the top in a cover two or cover one, like, put a guy with him where he just helps him over the top but don't put him as a single high safety who is going to have to cover literally anybody literally anybody he's not a good coverage safety he's a good hitter he's a good in the box safety he's a good guy who can help pass break up somebody or maybe get a tip pass or pick off something here or there when he has help when he's alone he's not fast enough he's not I don't want to say smart enough, but he never is in the right position to be a coverage safety. So again, those three things are coaching, right? Like all of them, I mean, the pick six is bad luck and that happens. But again, that only happens to teams, it seems like, who are struggling, right? You never see the great, you're not going to see that from Lamar Jackson or the Ravens, where just one of their guys falls down and then it's a pick six the other way. You only see it against uh, when teams are struggling, right? And that's just like, you can say mental, you can say coaching, but that game really came down to just coaching or mistakes that came from the top. And then I don't care about everybody yelling at each other on the sidelines. That's been happening in football ever, and I don't know why we make a big deal out of that. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, when they were winning... (laughs) The most amount of games was always screaming at somebody on the sidelines. You've seen the clips of Peyton Manning getting into it with the center when they're winning Super Bowls and stuff. So that stuff I don't care about. It's the other stuff, the little mistakes that annoy me. But I think three teams, if this was going to be a Super Bowl bubble, I think the three teams on the outside right now, uh, I went all in and all out in that Eagles-Giants game three or four times. I think, again, this was the blowout I was looking for, but mental mistakes in the second half made it a closer game than it appeared, but I never thought they would lose that game. Uh, The Giants didn't look good. And again, the Eagles gifted them 14 points. Outside of those two scores, the Giants would have had 11 points. So, again, I think everybody's making way too much of that score if you actually watch the game. But uh, Eagles might be on the fringe bubble, but I think the three teams that I'm putting on the fringe bubble are the Bills. Uh, That was not a good game they played Saturday against the Chargers, but coming back from down that much in the first half, did kind of show some, you know, toughness and some good coaching and some mental, you know, resolve to come back from that and win that game, especially when Chargers fired everybody, uh, that new coach smell, right, where everybody's just – plays harder for the new coach and finally is feels like they can be like okay now I can actually play how I want to play because I'm not playing for the coach right that I hate like I don't want to make the coach I hate look good and clearly the Chargers hated Brandon Staley because they uh almost won that game and looked like they played harder than they have in two months I don't know but other fringe team I think we can take the Bengals out Uh, I know uh, everybody uh, there was that conversation for what two weeks where it was like, Oh, maybe Joe Burrow's not good. And you know, it's just, what is his name? Browning. It's just uh, you plug Browning in there and yeah, Jake Browning, you plug him in there and it's the system and the Bengals are really good. And maybe it's not Joe Burrow. And then all of a sudden Browning uh, gets blown out by a Steelers team who can barely score three touchdowns a game. And now all of a sudden that narrative is completely gone, which I love because again, Joe Burrow is one of my favorite quarterbacks. Who's not on my team, but the disrespect to be like, Oh, his backup had two decent games. And now all of a sudden it's like Joe Burrow's a, a scam. And it's just like, he's not a good quarterback. It's the system. It's just like, okay can we can we stop doing this reactionary thing where it's like a quarterback has one good game or one bad game and all of a sudden it's an encompass of their entire career or season or life and we just blow everything out of proportion it's insane uh so i but i do think Bengals are out of it i think their defense is good but that offense i think's been figured out uh plus they've just been dealing with unlucky injuries. I mean, all of the NFC or AFC North just got bombarded with injuries. I mean, you talk about Ravens, you talk about Bengals, you talk about Browns, all of them just sweeping huge injuries across the board. And Steelers even have had a couple guys go down, but Ravens, obviously you have Mark Andrews, you had Kyle Hamilton in this last game. I think he's going to be okay, but it's like every game the Ravens play, one of their all pros just goes down. Every game the Browns play, one of their one of their defensive linemen, one of their offensive linemen, a skill player goes down, and then they just keep trucking along. I think right now, uh, Eagles, I don't know if I would put there, but they're kind of outside the fringe. But on the fringe, around the bubble, who I could see going on a run with how good they've been uh, lately, is – the bills, the Rams, the Browns, and there was one more team. Oh, the bucks, the bucks. I mean, I've said Jacksonville's a a pretender, not a contender for two months now. And now they're finally starting to catch up. They lose 30 to 12 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And talk about regression when it comes to trevor lawrence 17 for 29 211 yards one touchdown two interceptions and he looked worse than that he obviously gets pulled from the game for injury scare uh cj bethard goes in has a way better performance 11 for 15 94 yards one touchdown obviously a limited play but yeah trevor lawrence just looks like he's regressing but again every excuse in the book will be made for Trevor Lawrence because of where he was drafted but we'll get to the purdy game but now of course purdy should be banned from the NFL for one bad game trevor lawrence has had two months of bad games and it's just like well give him time it's the system it's the code. like it's like okay can we can we knock it off uh but let's see uh so bills browns uh, tampa bay and then the uh oh the rams So Rams beat the Saints. Uh, They will basically their playoff hopes come down where they could even, I think it was them or Seattle. I believe it's the Rams could still somehow win the division if they went out and San Francisco doesn't or something like that. I don't know. Or maybe they needed to beat the 49ers to get into the playoffs. I don't know. The playoff picture right now, uh, would be obviously the AFC and NFC, the Ravens, number one, 49ers, number one. The two seeds would be Eagles in the NFC, Dolphins in the AFC. They would be playing the seven seed, who would be the Seahawks, and then the Colts. The uh, I'll tell you what, all the AFC games, actually, kind of, actually, this whole playoff picture, I actually, kind of like, except I would like, uh, I don't know if the Colts. I'd rather see the Texans in place of the Jaguars in the playoffs, just in terms of entertainment value. Only if CJ Stroud is in those games because the Texans it's night and day when he's not in there, he's, uh, that team is also far less interesting when he's not in there. And the Jaguars, again, I feel like are just a slog to watch. So also, uh, I think the scariest team, so sorry, let's go AFC, two seed Dolphins, Colts, uh, seven seed, three seed Chiefs, six seed Bills, so we get to see another, uh, you know, if they call one false start in that game, or one offsides on a wide receiver in that game, we might see Patrick Mahomes lose his shit, or Taylor Swift jump from the rafters, I don't know what'll happen, but I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, Then the last matchup would be the four and five seed. That would be the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Browns. I think uh, the Colts wouldn't be as interesting as a team like the Raiders getting in. I think especially with what we saw against the Chiefs and how they've been winning games, which is an offensive explosion. After a week of not scoring a point, and then this week their quarterback doesn't complete a pass after the first quarter, and yet they basically blow out the Chiefs. Uh, That Raiders team is just really interesting. And also, uh, obviously, me being born and raised in Vegas, I like to see the Raiders doing well. So I think in the AFC, I'd like to see the Colts out of there replaced with the Raiders as the seventh seed. And then I would like to see the Texans – in place of the Jaguars, only if C.J. Stroud is in it. The other two teams in contention are the Steelers and Bengals and both those teams. Please no, don't let them in the playoffs. Uh, On the NFC side, I think I kind of like all the NFC teams in it. I think the Seattle-Philly game in Philly, uh, after how that Monday night game went, I mean, if the Eagles don't blow them out, if they get them at home after that, disastrous monday night game that i think pretty much almost tanked their season if they don't win out after that i mean that's a revenge game if i've ever seen one i would love to see just a rematch of that uh the three and six seed i mean it writes itself with the rams right now going to detroit to obviously matthew stafford you have jared goff you have that whole thing and The Lions, you know, clinching the NFC North for the first time in 30 years. Like, all the storylines going into that game would be, I think that would be the marquee matchup of week one, right, compared to all the other ones. I mean, Chiefs-Bills has a little less weight than it has over the years. But Rams-Lions, I didn't know I wanted that matchup until it became a possibility. And now it's like, that's the round one matchup I want to see. And then the fifth and fourth seed would be, the Dallas Cowboys going to Tampa Bay to play a red-hot Bucks team with the reemergence of Baker Mayfield. I mean, again, all those first-round matchups, if you switch the – so what, it would be the, uh, the Dolphins and – what I say, Dolphins and Raiders. That would be – that would be interesting. Even with the Colts, you know, we could see a shootout there. So that would be fun. And then – Yeah, but all those NFC matchups, I mean, that is just looking good right now. But let's get back to the games we had. That's what the playoffs look like right now, right? But we still have two weeks. And speaking of this past week, we had the Browns. I mean, Amari Cooper just basically sending whoever started him to the fantasy football playoffs. I got knocked out of my playoffs because I had pretty much the worst possible lineup you could have for week 17 based on uh, expectations for what these players have done throughout the season. I had Travis Kelsey who got seven points. I had AJ Brown who got 11. I had, brock purdy as my starting quarterback who threw four interceptions uh my other choice was tua who threw who only had 15 points so it's not like i had two great options and then obviously my third quarterback was cj stroud who was out so those are my three options and then yeah i could have picked a quarterback off the way and then i could have gone either nick mullins Tyler Heineke or Mason Rudolph. So I got screwed at quarterback for that uh, week. And then my studs, who have led me to the promised land, didn't show up. Uh, McLaurin against the Jets put up six points. Yeah, my defense, I started Cincinnati against the Steelers because I was like, oh, Cincinnati's defense is still good. They put up zero points. And then I started the Jags kicker who put up zero points. So I literally scored... 76 points, which is almost half of what I've been averaging all season, and it's because everyone I had on my team shipped the bed going into the finals. So, great weekend. Great weekend. Well, as an Eagles fan, it actually was great, mostly because of what we saw on uh, Sunday night, but we'll get to that. Uh, but the Browns Texans game to go back to that. Joe Flacco, 27 for 42, 368, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, Joe Flacco has base is basically leading all passing categories since he's been starting for the Browns up until now. He looks great. The turnovers would concern me, but again, I think you're allotted those turnovers when you have the number one defense in the league, right? Which the Browns still are. Uh Davis Mills. Uh, that being said, Davis Mills actually looked pretty good when he came in 15 for 32, 149 yards, two touchdowns. Case Keenum, on the other hand, 11 completions, 17 or 11 out of 17, 62 yards, and two uh, interceptions. But the story of this game was Amari Cooper. I mean, 11 receptions, 265, two touchdowns. He was targeted 15 times, broke the single season Browns receiving record. Again, if you would have told me that. In about to be January, the best uh, looking team was a Joe Flacco led Browns team. I would have been like, what year is it? But in 2023 going into 2024, the Browns look to be one of the scariest teams in the AFC that if you're, I mean, any of those teams uh, that could possibly match with them, if you're, if they're going to be the uh, five seed If you're the four seed, if you're the Texans or you're the Colts or you're the Jaguars, like there's no way you're excited to play the Browns, right? You would be excited. I don't think you'd be excited to play any of these AFC teams, but I'd much rather play the Chiefs right now than play the Browns because the Browns just look like they're cooking uh, with gas and the Chiefs are kind of living off reputation right now, right? And speaking of... Uh well, actually, let's move to the last of the Sunday games. I wanted to talk about Lions uh almost avoid or just barely avoid an upset in Minnesota. The uh Seattle beats Tennessee by three. The Bucks, as we talked about, blew out the Jags. The Bears actually not looking too bad against a lowly uh Arizona Cardinals team. Shockingly, the Patriots beat the Broncos, which actually led to, as I'm recording this breaking news, I believe an hour or two ago, where Russell Wilson has been informed that he will not be starting this Sunday. So it looks like the Sean Payton-Russell Wilson lasted or relationship lasted until week 16, which I think everybody knew was coming to an end. Uh, but then Dallas goes into Miami. They lose by two. And they kind of lose in the worst way possible, which is that they go up, they're ahead, and then it's just five minutes of the Dolphins slowly going down the field five yards at a time until they kick, what, like a 20-yard field goal as time expires. And it was just one of those things where Cowboys score and then even the announcers are like, they gave Miami too much time. They gave Miami too much time. And then it's just a slow... Death by a thousand paper cuts, and you knew how that game was gonna end, and that's how it did. But Dolphins look pretty good. Uh, Tua, uh, the return of tyree kill he gets targeted 14 times, catches nine for 99. Uh, but yeah, Tua uh he might also be very dangerous in the playoffs just because of how fast he gets the ball out like if he has to play any of these great afc defenses i don't think they're ever going to be able to touch him he hasn't really been at risk of uh concussions this year because every time he plays he just gets the ball out so fast it's like nobody touches him so uh sounds like me in high school right nobody touching me because i got the ball out so fast uh, let's go on. Uh, but then as far as Dallas, they actually didn't play a good or a bad game. Uh, they just, again, the little mistakes, the, why are you handing this ball off to your fullback at the one yard line? That's a, that's a fumble. Uh, there were some other things. I think they also got stopped on the goal line one more time during that game. Just the little things, but Miami's defense actually played pretty damn great. They look like they were all over the field. Uh, but now let's move to the Christmas day games. And I wanted to talk about all three of these and then we'll get out of here, but the, let's just go through them in order. Uh, The Raiders at seven and eight defeat the now nine and six chiefs, 20 to 14. I mean, and again, you look at these stats, Aiden O'Connell nine for 21, 62 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like, again, but they didn't need to because they just did the Bills method from last week. We saw uh, how they beat the the uh, Cowboys, which was just handed to Zemir White, 22 carries, 145 yards, averaging almost seven yards a carry. And they just ran this ball down uh, the Chiefs throat. And then they had... How many, uh, Kansas City obviously lost a fumble, Patrick Mahomes threw the pick six, which looked, I mean, have you seen on on Twitter or whatever the fuck they're calling it now, where the uh, pick six against the Raiders was almost exactly the same setup play pick six that uh, Patrick Mahomes had thrown against the Raiders, I believe it was last season. It looks like the almost identical play. But Yeah. So the difference of the game was uh, the Raiders running attack and their defense. Uh, They sacked Patrick Mahomes four times, but everything else, I mean, pretty much looks like dead even in terms of third down efficiency, time of possession. Both teams had basically the same amount of penalties, uh, same amount of average yards per play. Uh, Rushing yards were a little close. Total yards was within a one, uh, within 100 of each other. Obviously, the Raiders only had less than 50 yards passing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he didn't have a bad game. It just looked like he was lost out there. 27 for 44, 235 yards, one touchdown, one interception. It, he ran a lot during this game. 10 carries, 53 yards, but they couldn't get their running game going. Uh, Patrick Mahomes looked like he was running for his life literally the entire game. And then I don't know what happened to Travis Kelsey, but five receptions, 44 yards, no touchdowns. He was targeted seven times. Rashid Rice or Rasheed Rice has really come on as the Chiefs' number one receiving option. He had six receptions, 57 yards, but he was targeted twice as much with 12 targets, only catching six of them. So he's a great wide receiver. I don't know if he's your wide receiver one, Again, I feel like they won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill, but they're still missing. But again, last year, their clear number one favorite target of Mahomes that made the offense run was Travis Kelsey. And this year, he's just fallen off a cliff. And I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing. I don't I don't dislike Travis Kelsey. It's just one of those things where, where they say Father Time's undefeated, right? And it kind of looks like he's just father time caught up to him. Like, I, I mean, we can all make the jokes about Taylor Swift and all that stuff, but I think it's more just that he's been in this league a long time, played a lot of games, took a lot of hits. And now all of a sudden it kind of looks like, you know, all the great players, Tom Brady and a few others are the ones that go out on their terms, still looking like they're, you know, not at their peak, but at, but pretty damn close to it. Most players, Try to play a little bit too long, and then they're the ones that basically tell themselves, like, it's done. I don't think Travis Kelsey is there. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying he has took a significant step back, not only as a threat, but just as a player this season. And if he's not on with Mahomes, especially, like, how do you think this team's gonna win a playoff game, especially on the road where they're not going into Kansas City? Like, ooh, but congrats to the Raiders they went out and a couple of things fall in their way and they're into the postseason with Antonio Pierce as their interim head coach and yeah again they're winning games with all offense they're winning games with all defense they're winning games with you know every which way to do it I don't know what to make of this Raiders team but they're fun to watch uh next up the giants uh well the the eagles now 11 and 4 which is crazy uh win against the giants 33 to 25 i kind of already touched on this game uh this score indicates I would say it was a lot. I mean, the Giants basically got gifted 15 points in that third quarter, and that's kind of what made it a lot closer than it was. But watching that game, I never really thought the Giants would win it. Uh, Tyrod Taylor comes in uh, after Tommy DeVito was – I don't know if he was benched, if he was hurt. I don't know. But Tyrod came in 7 for 16, 133 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Obviously, the one touchdown was that deep bomb – uh, against uh, Blankenship, but Saquon Barkley had a pretty good game, even though he only averaged three yards of carry, but he still got the rock 23 times for 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, again, I think the Eagles have solved some of their defensive issues. I think Kelly Ringo coming on. I think Matt Patricia has actually made this defense. I, I don't want to say... Good, I want to say formidable, and they don't look lost out there. Which, when it was Sean Desai running the defense, they look lost out there. Like they didn't look like they knew what the hell they were running. You got kind of sneaky sideways uh sound clips from defensive players basically being like, Oh, well, I don't know, you know, we were I don't know what we were supposed to be doing. Like, you can tell, like the defensive scheme was either too complex, too confusing, or didn't make sense to actual NFL defensive players. So at least Matt Patricia seems to be putting guys in the right spot and letting them make plays, which is, I mean, much better than how it has been. And the defense after two weeks, I think the cornerbacks have really stepped up. I know James Bradbury kind of cost them the game last week, but the two rookie corners they have and then a returning Darius Slay. Uh, Their linebackers actually look pretty good this game. And then their D lines always formidable. So again, I said the Eagles would only be a threat in the playoffs if they use these three weeks to get it right. The offense looked pretty good uh, this game. Defense looked pretty good. The little mental stuff, I feel like you need to clean up. But again, there's everybody's in love with the Super Bowl team last year. But of the past two years, the. Five most impressive wins this Eagles team has had have all been this season against, I believe I read something where the Eagles have beaten six of the teams currently in the playoffs. So again, I think they just play to their competition. So You're a really good team. They're going to play against you really good. And then you're a really bad team. They're going to play down to your level. And I think that's what we've seen all season with the, obviously the anomaly being the 49ers game, you can throw the Cowboys game in there, but they beat the Cowboys. So again, I think the 49ers one is still the outlier of that, even though that first half of that game was very competitive, very close. And if they played him again, this season, or in the playoffs, I don't think it would be a blowout. I don't think the Eagles would win that game, but, cause I just think the 49ers are too good, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. Uh, Next up, speaking of the 49ers, let's talk about Sunday or the Saturday. No, it was Sunday. The Sunday night game, which was shocking to say the least. The 12 and 3 now, Baltimore Ravens, win 33 to 19 against the 11 and 4 San Francisco 49ers. Again, a score that is very deceiving because it looked like from the get go, like the Ravens were just on another level, especially when you consider that Brock Purdy, 18 for 32, 255 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. I want to say two of those were just bad luck plays where it gets tipped in the air. I think at the line of scrimmage was one. Another one gets tipped off a player and then the Ravens intercept those two. Two of them were bad interceptions. And then... The narrative I've seen now is Sam Darnold came into that game, eight of 14, 81 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And they were like, Darnold was leading them up and down the field. And then it's just like, yeah, so was Purdy. And then you would throw an interception. Same thing happened with Darnold. So it was also just like, he led them on a quick score, but it was kind of like a garbage time touchdown. And now people are using that as evidence that, purdy isn't good and it's just again this narrative this entire season of purdy uh being bad it's always funny to me because when you look at the games the 49ers win it's purdy has four touchdowns and you know almost a perfect passer rating and he's getting everybody involved and he's making all these great throws and then you see The few games they've lost, and it's been because, oh, Purdy got hurt, Purdy got injured, and then this team falls apart, but yet the narrative still is that Purdy's so bad the team wins despite him. Instead of when Purdy's good, this entire team clicks, and they're blowing teams out like the Eagles, like the Cowboys, and then the second Purdy's out, all of a sudden, they get blown out, or they look really bad, and yet that makes it so Purdy is bad. I just, again, I don't understand the Purdy hate. You have Mika Parsons coming out and being like, "Look, they're not making him do any long throws, so that means he's a bad quarterback." And then he's, it's just like, okay, but if he's a bad quarterback, why did he blow you guys out? You keep saying your quarterback's MVP. will. How come he didn't do anything against this team then? If And how come you, as the defense, didn't do anything against this team if he's so bad? Like, that just seems like a weird backhanded compliment to be like, this guy sucks. Uh, I mean, he blew us out, but that's because he's bad. There's just like, oh, okay, that's, that's an interesting take. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey, 14 carries, 103 yards, one touchdowns, uh, averaging seven yards a carry. Uh Kittle had seven receptions, 126. IU had six receptions, 113. Um, uh, Yeah. So this game was all, that was the 49ers shot, all about the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, 23 for 35, 252, two touchdowns. Also had seven carries, 45 yards. And this game really was just the, I don't know, just the I guess, league wake-up call to be like, oh yeah, we forgot how good Lamar Jackson is, especially when he never looked like he was in a hurry. He never looked like he was threatened by anything the Niners were doing. He would just systematically just go down the field, either with his legs or with his arm. And again, it always just looks like he's like jogging. And guys are in full sprints, and he just runs right past him. He runs right around him. There was that great play where the pocket breaks down. The rate, uh, Lamar Jackson sneaks out to the left hand side and then literally just doesn't even do like a move, just like kind of runs and then moves around Fred Warner. And Fred Warner just like, falls on his face doesn't even touch Lamar Jackson and it's just like he was doing that all game which is he just makes he must be one of the most frustrating quarterbacks to play against in the league Lamar Jackson because the pocket collapses and you're like we got him and then all of a sudden that turns into a 35 yard run where none of your defensive players touch him and you're just like how like we had him There was five of us about to sack him. And then all of a sudden it turns into an almost 40 yard loss. Like, but again, I've never understood the narrative with Lamar Jackson where it's like, Oh, he's a running back who plays quarterback, but yet all his passing stats are always next level. And again, he's throwing to Zay flowers, who is a rookie Isaiah likely who on most teams would be a third or fourth option at receiver, uh, Justice Hill, Charlie Kohler, Rashad Bateman, uh, Odell Beckham only had two receptions for 13 yards. Nelson Aguilar had three receptions for 10 yards and a touchdown. Trust me, as an Eagles fan, you don't want to be throwing to Nelson Aguilar, especially in the red zone. But yeah, he's doing this with literally his third, fourth string uh, running back. Like nobody's on... the offense his offensive lines okay he obviously lost his number one target in Mark Andrews a couple weeks ago but again when it becomes Patrick Mahomes when it's Brock Purdy when it's Jalen Hurts always the narrative is or no the narrative with Purdy and Hurts is like they're only good because they have weapons and then it's you know, with Herbert and Mahomes, it's like, well, they have no weapons, so how can you expect them to be good? And then Lamar Jackson is just over here with no weapons, and he's really good, and he's destroying the what everybody said was the best team in the league, myself included, and now it's just like, oh yeah, maybe it's just, if you're a really good player, and you have a really good offensive coordinator and a coach, like, you kind of make it work, like that's what happened last year with Mahomes, right? He had no number one. He had the same receiving group he has now. And it was just scheme and offensive coordinator. And yeah, the Ravens. I mean, I don't think this means anything to the 49ers because I think they uh, play two kind of easy games next. I think the Rams will be formidable, but They should beat the Rams, right? Because they're the number one seed in the NFC. So I still think they finish as the number one seed. But I think the Ravens, again, their whole thing has been postseason success. So the regular season, they look great. I don't think Lamar Jackson's MVP because I just don't think his numbers are there. I think Purdy officially lost the MVP with this game. Dak lost it in the Buffalo game. Hertz lost it in the 49ers game. So everybody has kind of had a bad game. I just think Lamar Jackson came on a little too late to be MVP. So I do want to see either Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey win it. So we can officially put to bed like MVP only goes to quarterbacks. I think this is the first year you can legitimately make a case that it will be a running back or wide receiver. That being said, it'll probably go to Lamar Jackson if they just went out and he looks as good as he did in this game, which was phenomenal. But yeah, so really good week of football, especially Christmas day. I mean, three just bangers in a row. I don't want to say Eagles Giants was a good game, but it was definitely entertaining, especially in that second half. We're just it just became an absolute shit show. So it was just fun to watch, but that Ravens 49ers game was fascinating. And so was the Raiders chiefs game. And then you had this, uh, Saturday night game where it was the Patriots upsetting the Broncos. You had the Thursday game, which was good. Saturday, you had the really good, uh, bills chargers game. So yeah, just a great, uh, great week of NFL football. Hopefully the next two weeks are as entertaining. Obviously this week we have the Saturday night game, which is going to be great. Lions at, uh, Cowboys. And then the Sunday early morning game, which is dolphins at Ravens, which should be fun. The number one and two seed in the AFC, the number two and three seed in the NFC playing each other this late before the playoffs, uh, Thursday night games, a dud, Jets at Browns, but who knows? It'll most likely be entertaining. I hope uh, Flacco gets his revenge on the Jets and just destroys them. But yeah, I'm I'm back to rooting for the Browns because Watson is nowhere near this team. And I've always kind of liked Flacco because he goes against all the conventional wisdom we now have about quarterbacks where you have to be, you know, Mahomes or Hurts or, uh Lamar Jackson, which is just like a mobile quarterback who can beat you with your his armor's legs or just at least be just mobile right and Joe Flacco Kirk cousins are literally just statues there just throwing dots or interceptions, right? It reminds me of a bygone era of the n f l but yeah, so this has been week sixteen, hopefully. Uh, This is coming out on Wednesday, so hopefully Friday Casino will be back and we can do a right and proper uh, Only Sports podcast, our last one of the 2023 year before we kick off 2024. Also, I believe our first or second episode in 2024 is going to be our 100th episode, so we'll do something special for that, I don't know, or maybe we'll forget until after we do it and then we'll do a special 101st episode, I don't know. But yeah, this has been Will. This has been the Only Sports Podcast. That's usually where casinos over there. And yeah, have a great day.